Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of To Your Health. To Your Health is brought to you by Mara Family Medicine. Mara Family Medicine is bringing the care back to health care in Cumming and Milton, Georgia. And we're very excited to be starting this podcast series in which we hope to inform you and entertain you and educate you and participate with you also in all things health care. We're going to be producing podcasts on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month for basically as long as you'll listen to us. And if we get lucky, we may add some more in there. But for now, the second and fourth Wednesday of each month, these podcasts will be available on the North Fulton Business Radio site, on the To Your Health website, which is toyourhealth.md. A little bit of a different extension there at the end is toyourhealth.md. And also on the To Your Health Facebook page, which has, you can access from the website, and on the Mara Family Medicine website and Mara Family Medicine webpage. So there's almost no way you can't find this podcast if you're just even trying to look around for it. Uh, we also have a Twitter uh, case set up for us, so you can tweet us at To Your Health MD, or you can email me. Jim Morrow at Dr. Jim at toyourhealth.md. And I would like you to tweet us or email us if you have ideas or for topics for the show or if you have comments or questions. And I also hope that once you enjoy the podcast on iTunes or whatever your usual podcast software is, that you'll maybe leave us a review of the podcast. Uh, they'll be available for download not long after the episode airs. And they'll be on all the different sites that I mentioned earlier. So let's dive into the topic of the day. Today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to an awful lot of people's hearts. Erectile dysfunction. Now I have to tell you, we toyed with subtitles for this episode. And as you can imagine, there are a million of them. We thought about the ins and outs of ED, the ups and downs of ED, the soft side of ED, which was recommended by my preacher. And we just decided we'd just call it erectile dysfunction. So there's a lot of misunderstanding about erectile dysfunction and what it is because I get asked in the office a lot uh, questions about libido. And libido and ED are really very separate. They're obviously intertwined, if you will, but they're still separate. Uh, libido is the desire for sex, and erectile dysfunction speaks to the ability to have sex to have satisfactory sexual performance. Uh, it's a very common problem. It affects at least 12 million men in the U.S., and every day that number is going up uh, because people are getting older. It's about one in three, maybe a little bit more than that, after age 50, and after age 65, it's definitely more than that. And, of course, as you'd expect, it's a problem that increases as you get older. So what causes ED? Well, um, being mad at your wife can cause ED. Uh, being uh, an, a jerk and her being mad at you can cause ED. But the things that I can help you with that cause ED might be vascular or they might be hormonal, they might be neurologic, and they might just purely be age-related. 
if you look at the comorbidities, if you will, and a comorbidity is a condition that occurs alongside another condition that makes it worse over time. Uh, the comorbidities, you would look at diabetes. If you're diabetic and, and the number of diabetics is jumping like crazy as well, so the odds are good at some point if you're not really careful with the sugar in your diet, you'll become diabetic. But if you're diabetic, you have a three times greater likelihood of having ED. And if you're diabetic and your A1C is not controlled, your sugar level basically is not controlled, then obviously that number goes up even higher. If you think about why that is, well, diabetes is a condition where your tissues and your organs are basically not getting fed. Your blood sugar is high, your tissue sugar is low, and because of that, your tissues are not being nourished like they're supposed to. And that's all of your tissues. And penile tissue is no different from that. So if you're diabetic and your sugar is not controlled, you're going to have a lot more likelihood to have trouble with erectile dysfunction. High blood pressure. High blood pressure plays a part. If your blood pressure is not controlled because you're not on medicine yet or not taking the medicine the doctor gave you or the medicine's not working, then your blood pressure is going to be high and your organs don't respond the way they're supposed to. And this is an organ that you want to respond when you want it to respond. High cholesterol what we call hyperlipidemia, and I say high cholesterol because it's a lot easier for me to say, but uh, high cholesterol plays a part because, if, as most people know, high cholesterol over time will block up the arteries, and that decreases blood flow. And everything down here, and I'm making a motion with my hand, you can imagine, is all about blood flow. So if you have anything that decreases blood flow, you've got a problem. Obesity. For a variety of reasons, obesity increases the likelihood of ED, and it makes ED worse. One of the big reasons that obesity causes a problem is because being obese decreases your testosterone level. If your testosterone level is X and you gain 40 pounds, your testosterone level is going to go down because there's an enzyme in the fat tissue that converts testosterone to female hormone or estrogen estradiol technically and so you have a lower testosterone level when you have more fat so if you are concerned about your testosterone level and a lot of people are guys especially out there then you're going to have to lose some weight in order to get your testosterone level up when you do that the testosterone level won't be the only thing that comes up and then prostate cancer treatment can also or any cancer treatment technically can cause trouble with ED. Uh, it's, it's well known that chemotherapy and radiation and so forth have a, a huge impact on the ability to get and maintain an adequate erection. Uh, and so this is a problem uh, that's really very widespread with the whole prostate cancer thing. That brings into uh, account the treatment, whether you had surgery, which obviously has an impact or clearly has an impact on uh, erections, or whether you underwent some sort of hormonal treatment and so forth, but it's a, a big problem in people in that category. If you have ED and you are younger than 50, then there are some things that you really need to be aware of. There's some things that you need to talk to your doctor about because you might not just have ED. Now, I mentioned that everything about erections is about blood flow and I mentioned diabetes and if you have 
never been diagnosed with diabetes, but you do have trouble with erections, then there's a greater likelihood that you either do have or will develop diabetes. So if you do have a problem like this, you want to talk to your doctor about checking for that and being sure that you're not in a dangerous range or that you're not already a diabetic, because if you are, you absolutely want to control that for a multitude of reasons. If you have ED and have never been told you had any sort of heart or vascular disease, then you need to see the doctor because there's a decent possibility that you do, in fact, either have or have a propensity to develop vascular issues. Uh, if you look at people who have ED and are diagnosed and find out that their cholesterol is high, then you've got a two- to five-year window before you might develop problems with your heart or other vasculature. And this is an opportunity to make some lifestyle changes that can help to decrease the likelihood or the possibility of developing coronary disease or peripheral vascular disease, whatever the vascular disease might be. So the other things that can play a part in ED are psychological things. Uh, I mentioned earlier kind of making a joke that if you're mad at your wife or she's mad at you, you might have some trouble with ED. But psychological issues absolutely play a part. There's no question about that. Uh, performance anxiety is a big problem. And I tell people all the time, you know, you, you don't want to fail at intercourse because if you do, that makes you not even want to try to have intercourse. And then you're failing without even trying. So it's very important to tackle this thing sort of head on and to, to do something about this as you can because it can absolutely become one of those problems that will snowball on you. Now, in recent years, in the last 18, I guess it is now, we've had fantastic medications to treat ED. Uh, before the days of Viagra and Cialis and the others that came out, we really didn't have much to help people with ED. Uh, I remember very clearly writing prescriptions for a, a medicine called Yohimbine, which you had to take, I think it was three times a day, every single day, to maybe give you a little bit more success. But then uh, the first one that came out was Viagra, and that's a medication that has made a tremendous difference in the lives of many, many people. So when they came out with Viagra, they developed this chemical called sildenafil. That's the drug that's technically in Viagra. And they found sildenafil, and they realized that it could help to dilate arteries. Well, the initial thought was that Sildenafil would be a great drug to take the place of something for, like nitroglycerin for people who had heart disease. You get chest pain or angina, and you take nitroglycerin, and your chest pain goes away, and you prevent a heart attack and other problems. But um, when they started doing the clinical trials, they realized very quickly that really the medicine wasn't helping much with chest pain. People would come in for their recheck, and they'd say, well, did you have any chest pain? And the patient would say, well, yeah, I did. Did you take the nitrogl Did you take the sildenafil? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, did it help? Well, no, it didn't. But I got the damnedest erection you've ever seen. And so people noticed right away that it wasn't really going to be a drug to take the place of nitroglycerin, but it turned out to be a drug that they could use for ED and, as it happened, triple their stock price. So we've had this medicine for a long time now, and it's very, very effective. 
Uh, and it's a medicine that you have to take in a certain way, and I want to tell you about how you have to take this. Now, before I get into that, I want to tell you again that today's episode is sponsored by Mara Family Medicine. Mara Family Medicine bringing the care back to health care in both Cumming and Milton, Georgia. And we're excited about having this new podcast series. And also want to say that I've got running the board with me today, John Ray, and I'm glad John's here. Glad to be here. Thank you, John. Thank you. So in taking sildenafil or any of the medicines for erectile dysfunction, here's what I tell patients. You've got to take this medicine on an empty stomach. If you take this medicine with a meal, you just wasted the medicine. And that doesn't sound like too big a deal today because sildenafil went generic in December a year ago. But before that, the price was $55 a pill. And that's a lot. So you didn't want to waste that. So people were good about it then and may not be as good about it now. But if you compare the difference between taking this with a meal, especially a fatty meal, and without a meal, it is astronomical. I mean, if you take it without a meal, John, I'm telling you, you're going to be going, stand back, honey, I don't know how big this thing is going to get. I knew you were going to get that joke at some point. I had to. Yeah. I had to. So you take the medicine 30 minutes before the meal or two hours after the meal, not in that two-and-a-half-hour period around the meal. So most people have sex at night or in the morning. That's true for, I think, problem. willing to say a majority of people. And so if you take the medicine 30 minutes before dinner, or two hours after dinner, you're going to be better off the entire night and probably even the next morning, most likely. So that's probably the best way to time that. Now, obviously, you can take it any time you want. You just don't eat within 30 minutes, and that's all you have to do. Medicine takes about 45 minutes to kick in and really start to have an effect, and many times men are concerned about the effect, but the effect is not to give you an erection. The effect is to let you get an erection. You still have to be aroused uh, in order to get an erection. You're not going to be playing poker with the guys and have a problem. So you don't have to worry about that. If you look at or listen to the commercials on television when they had them on TV for Viagra and such, they'd talk about the erection that lasted more than four hours. I've never seen that happen. I've uh, never seen anybody that would complain about it if it did happen. But if it did, obviously you want to go straight to the emergency room and get taken care of. But the side effects from these meds are really not very great. Uh, they can um, give you a flushed look because if you think about it, the whole idea here is to dilate arteries. If you dilate arteries in the skin, your face turns red. If you dilate arteries in the nasal passages, you get some congestion. People have reported uh, vision with sort of a blue tint to things, especially very white things and so forth. The only real problem with these medicines, and this goes for all of these medicines, is that if you're taking nitroglycerin or any sort of nitrate medicine for any reason, usually it's heart disease, then you should not ever take these medications. That's a, an absolute contraindication to taking these medicines. You don't want to take them if you're taking nitrates or have access to nitrates that you might need. Because if you think about the thing with nitroglycerin, you would take it when you had chest pain. You're more likely to have chest pain with exertion. If you take sildenafil and it works, then you're more likely to exert yourself. So it would be very easy to end up taking a nitroglycerin. And that can drop your blood pressure low enough to have catastrophic effects. So it's very important you talk to your doctor about what you are taking already and ask him if, he, if you might be a candidate for 
uh, sildenafil or one of the other medicines uh, that, that help with ED. Now, there are also medicines that can exacerbate or bring on ED. Uh, one of those is alcohol. It's not a big surprise probably to most people that if you drink in excess, you might have more trouble with erections. Now, if you drink a lower amount but you do it chronically, you still might have more trouble with erections. So alcohol is one thing. Uh, some antidepressants can give you trouble with ED. Uh, these are typically the ones that work on serotonin and norepinephrine. Uh, that would be medicines like Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, Celexa, Lexapro, uh, Effexor, those things. Uh, but if you're taking those, it can give you a problem. It's not real common with those. ED is not really the main problem with those. Uh, but they absolutely can cause a problem. The biggest problem with uh, the ser serotonin medicines, which is Prozac, Zoloft, Celexa, Lexapro, is they can delay orgasm. That's a whole different episode, but they can do that. And it's always been interesting to me, if you do that to a 45, 50-year-old man, you're a hero. And if you do that to a woman of any age, you're a goat. So you have to be careful who you're writing those meds for. But when it comes to ED, occasionally people that are taking those meds might have a little bit more trouble. One thing that a lot of people don't think about, but it can be a problem, there's not a lot of data on this yet, and that's marijuana. Marijuana has the potential to exacerbate or to cause some ED, but like I said, there's really not a lot of research on that yet, but I think anybody would anticipate there's going to be more and more research on that as things change around the country about marijuana. So if you go to your doctor and you say, Doc, I'm having trouble with erections, he's going to want to do some labs and some testing and do an exam and be sure that there's nothing that can be corrected that might be causing that because there easily could be. I mentioned that diabetes can cause this, and it can, and so he's going to want to check a fasting sugar level, a glucose level, and also a test called an A1C that will uh, help him understand whether or not you do have diabetes and also how badly you might be experiencing diabetes. Uh, he'll also probably want to check a cholesterol level and the thyroid level. Those are the main things. Now, there's a world of debate about testosterone and ED especially. There's a lot of debate, debate about testosterone generally, and I fully expect to be doing an episode on that. But there's just not any good data that shows that testosterone is directly linked to ED as far as your testosterone level. Uh, so you might check it, but I can tell you right now that if you're old enough to get ED, your testosterone is probably going to be low, especially if you have a little bit of excess fat on you, because if you do, that's going to play a part too. Um, what else can you do besides take medications? Well, if you're a smoker, you really, really want to think about stopping. Now, ED is not the reason to stop smoking. You know, seeing your grandchildren is a good reason to stop smoking not having a heart attack, not having a heart bypass, not losing a leg. There are a lot of better reasons to stop smoking, but one of the reasons to stop smoking is to either not have ED or to make it better, and it absolutely will. Nicotine is one of the strongest vasoconstrictors that there is. It's one of the strongest medicines that squeezes down the arteries, and as you can imagine, that's just going to decrease blood flow, and we're already back again to me moving my hand and my groin saying that everything down here is about blood flow. So you want to be careful with smoking. It's just something you got to quit doing. 
Regular exercise helps because it helps almost everything, and it helps this as well. I mentioned weight loss earlier. If you're heavier than you need to be, and if you're listening to me in the state of Georgia, you're probably heavier than you need to be because we're a heavy state, then you really want to be careful about trying your best to lose some weight. Controlling that cholesterol and blood pressure, very important things that you want to do. So these are things you can do if you do not want to take medication, and I totally understand that. So there are a couple other things, or one other thing, that you can do if you don't want to take medication, and that's the use of a vacuum device. Uh, That's exactly what it sounds like, uh, and it might not be for you, but it is absolutely a good alternative in certain situations. And that's exactly what it sounds like. Like I said, it's a pump where you apply that to the penis and you make the penis fill with blood and then you can use a device to keep that blood in the penis for the time period that you need it to be there. Uh, That's not something that people like to think about because it just doesn't sound enjoyable and it's not, but it is absolutely a means to an end and it's something that many people use because nothing else works. Um, Medicine-wise, there is one other thing I need to mention and that's a medicine called alprostadil, which is an odd medication in how it's applied in that when it originally came out, this was a medicine called Muse, M-U-S-E, and never did know why they, where they came up with that name. But Muse was uh, introduced into the tip of the penis as a suppository, and it caused vasodilatation and increased blood flow, and they work very effectively in an awful lot of people. And now, and this is where I lose an awful lot of people, it's available as an injection. And it's an injection that goes in the base of the penis. So there's nothing, you know, brings out the the lover in a guy like getting a shot in the penis right before you try to have sex. But this is something that can, and a lot of people, give them that ability. So before you decide that you're just not going to have sex, I would encourage you, if nothing else works, to talk to your doctor about the possibility of doing this because it's not as bad as it sounds. It's a very small needle. You can barely feel it, and it, it absolutely can work when, in, often, in many cases, nothing else would work. Lastly, as far as treatment, I think I would mention that you can do a surgically implanted prosthesis, and this is an option that's basically taken on when just nothing else works. And I mentioned the psychotherapy or the psychogenic causes of ED, and psychotherapy is one of the things that can help that. So we've got a variety of things that can help this, which is a problem, like I said, for just a huge number of people, a huge number of people. Uh, And if it hasn't happened to you, if you're a man, it hasn't happened to you yet, the key word is probably yet. Because I see people in their 70s who are having intercourse without any sort of assist, But it's not all that common, and I think a lot of times people find that it's just a lot more enjoyable and successful. And, you know, there are very few things that will will make you uh, feel more like a man than having successful intercourse. And as my wife tells me, this is the one thing that keeps us from being roommates is the fact that we do this. You don't do that with a roommate. You do that with your wife, and that's something that's very special, and it's something that needs to be encountered as often as it possibly can. It's good for you in many, many ways. I mentioned libido earlier and how that's different from ED, and it is, but one of the things that increases libido when 
life and work and stress and kids and money and in-laws have gotten in the way and you haven't really wanted to have sex, one of the things that makes you want to have sex is having sex. I mean, if you think about it, when you don't go for a while and then you finally do have sex, I'd be willing to bet that you say to yourself or to your partner, man, why don't we do that more often? And one of the things that will make you want to do that more often is having sex. So that's another real good way to go about treating this. So overall, in this episode of To Your Health, I hope that you've gotten an understanding, a little bit better understanding of what can cause ED and what you can do about it, what you need to do and who you need to see if you are suffering with that. But the main thing I would want you to know is you need to, to tell somebody this is happening. I preach to my patients. I try to tell every one of them at some point to never say the five most dangerous words in the English language. And those five words are, maybe it will go away. And if you're thinking that about ED, you're not likely to be very successful. You need to go ahead and, and let your doctor help you with this and see what they can do to, to help you, because I do believe they'll be able to. In our next episode of To Your Health, we're going to talk about statins. There might not be anything I talk to patients about that has more misinformation available online than statins. These are the medicines used to control cholesterol, and we're going to talk about them next time. So John Ray running the board, I want to thank him for the opportunity to come in here and do these podcasts. I appreciate that very much. Before we sign off, I want to mention that the music that you heard at the beginning and we'll hear in a second is by my very good lifelong friend, Steve Watson, who gave us permission to use this clip from a CD of his called Playtime. And this is a clip from a song called Top Cat. So, Steve, I appreciate you letting me use this. So that's it for episode one. And that is To Your Health. 